Great. Now we're going in the Word today. If you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, starting this new series today, which we're calling Shepherd. So I just want to read the whole thing to you this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know, it's a great psalm. And um, I want us just to kind of, uh, kind of hold on to it. Um, and I'm going to just try and unpack it over the next few weeks. Just try and uh, meditate on it. Try and see what the Lord wants to say to us today. Um, but, you know, I just think um, we're in a place as a church just now where there is lots of stuff going off. And so, you know, this moment we had a minute ago where we just begin to cry out to God. I just think that's something which we have to just allow the Spirit of God to do in our lives. I know it kind of might seem a bit kind of like, oh, it's a bit raw, isn't it? It's a bit raw. It's a bit emotional. But, you know, God is working in people's lives just now. And uh, he wants to strengthen and heal. He wants to redeem and, and set free. And so we just have to be open to what God wants to do and just, uh, you know, flow with it a bit. You know, I had that picture of, you know, Jesus coming into the uh, city of Jerusalem and the people just uh, crying out uh, before the Lord, you know, and, um, and people wanted to be quiet. And Jesus said, if they don't cry out, even the stones will cry out. You know, sometimes we just have to recognize something deep within us and really begin to worship the Lord. It's hard sometimes, isn't it, to allow something deep within you to begin to un- unfold to the Lord, you know. But uh, we pride ourselves on being deep, don't we? And, and so therefore, sometimes we just have to really stir up something in our heart. You know, praise the Lord, oh my soul. You know, when was the last time you really stirred yourself up to praise God? Just to give a sacrifice to God, to offer him something, to, to reach out to him. You know, we were just singing, you know, uh, our God reigns. He's the king of all the earth. Man, if we believe that, then somewhere in us, we have to start to stir up our hearts to kind of go, okay, God, I'm going to respond today. Something in me is going to cry out to you. Something in me is going to reach out to who you are because you are indeed king of all the earth. And so therefore, I'm going to bring something that's to you. And so that's the context that we're in. And I think that there's a, there's a victory to be won for us in, in praise, Yeah. There's a victory for us to be won for us in, in declaration of the truth. And that's kind of where I want to come to this morning. Because the psalm starts with this amazing line, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Wow. Hello. That's some verse, isn't it? The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. That's a fantastic place to be this morning. When you know the Lord is your shepherd... When you understand what it means to have the king of kings as your shepherd. When you understand what that's about. Man, it's such an opening line that reveals everything about David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. See, some of us today, we're worrying about what we lack. And we need to recognize that the Lord is here to provide for us. It's a declaration of truth. The Lord is my shepherd. It's a declaration of truth. It's a testimony of life. The Lord is my shepherd. We've just heard a testimony of life. The Lord is my shepherd. 
Whatever I go through, wherever I'm on, the Lord is with me. The Lord watches over me. It's a confession of faith. The Lord is my shepherd. Whatever I'm going to face in the days ahead, the things that I don't know about, the things that I'm being led into, the things that come against me, um, the Lord is my shepherd. I remember heard one saying, you know, you cannot decide and determine what comes against you, but you can hold on always to what follows you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. How many of you are living in that promise today? Come on. We've got to live in the truth of it. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I'm excited in my spirit this morning. I, so you're just in a bit of, you know, come on, let's smile. Thank you. That's nice, yeah. It's a confession of faith. And sometimes we have to find ourselves in situations. And even today, some of you are in them. And you're going to have to confess in faith, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And you're looking at situations where maybe you say in your head, that's not true. But listen, this is what I believe and I declare about who God is in my life. I lack nothing because Jesus is with me. And you have to start to stir that up and start to motivate that and carry that within your heart. It's a promise for the future. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. My life is secure in his hands and in what he's leading us to. And I just want to unpack this little verse for a few moments this morning before we then just uh, allow the Holy Spirit maybe to just rest upon us and lead us to, to respond to him uh, in, our, in faith this morning. What stood out to me about this verse really is that what we allow to lead us in life shepherds us. And what shepherds us determines how our life goes. Because if you allow the wrong thing to lead you in life, then actually this will not be your confession. You will allow other things to be your shepherd. See, because we've all got a shepherd, haven't we? We're all led by something in life. You know, we all like to think that we're so independent we lead ourselves. Let me tell you, friends, that's a myth. We're all led by something. We're all motivated by something. And the Bible speaks about a few of these things that lead us. First one it talks about is pleasure. Into a culture that is obsessed with pleasure, the Lord says that in, in the final days, people will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Isn't it amazing how so many people today are just living for pleasure? It's the thing that, that leads them through life. They determine the quality of their life by how much fun they have, the downtime they have, the, the socializing they have. Everything becomes measured by their pleasure. But at the same time, they can't sustain satisfaction through pleasure. It's not enough. You always need something else to stimulate you, to, 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 to motivate you, to try and capture you, to try and bring some excitement. And so there's people all around the place who are just trying to find something that will make them happy through pleasure. And there's nothing wrong in pleasure. It's not that I hate pleasure, by the way. Well, I'm a miserable pastor who thinks everybody should have a miserable life. That's not what I'm saying. It's that I'm saying that when you put something in the place that drives your life that is unsatiable, you become totally driven by that thing. And so we see it in our world. People are just driven to have and to do and to experience, believing that if they do that, it becomes the thing that makes their life meaningful. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It's not that the two can't coexist. It's that actually we need to recognize if pleasure is our shepherd, it will always lead us in want. 
because we'll always want something more. And there's so many people today whose lives, friends, even Christians, whose lives are distorted by a quest just to experience more when actually they should find their satisfaction with him. He satisfies my desires with good things. It's in him that we find peace and life. Pleasure leads people. Secondly, money leads people. We'll find that that sense of uh, being driven by money, being led by it. And people in our world are just focusing. Now, I know we need money. Please, I understand that. I, I, you know, you've heard me preach on it. Money is not evil, but the love of money, being driven by it, is evil. It leads people into all kinds of dodgy dealings. Anybody made a bad decision around finance? Anybody made a decision you actually knew wasn't really right? Not many some hands go up, do they? Do you know what I mean? But you thought, I can get ahead there. I can have an advantage there. I can get some more money from that. I can do that. And you become focused on, on the deal. And you become focused on the money. Why? Because the Bible says you can't serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. And if the shepherd of your life is money, then actually what happens is money leads you astray. And all of a sudden you find yourself compromising what you believe for the sake of money and we justify our actions because we think actually if we do it that way then it'll all work out for us. But actually it's leading us away from God. It destroys our relationship for him. Have you ever wondered how you can justify things? It's because actually you're being led by a shepherd that is operating in your life. Money that seeks to remove you from the purposes of God. You can't serve money in God. You can't be shepherded by money and God. You've got to choose one. Thirdly, they are shepherded by things. By things. There's an amazing verse in Romans 1, verse 25. It says this, They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator. And what they did was they chose to say, Well, I want to be led by things that I've created rather than by the one who created me. Wow. And so they were shepherded by their own creation. And they would come and bow down before an idol. That's an amazing picture because actually when you think about it, so much of our lives we are shepherded by the things that we've created. Can I name a few? Our careers. Our family. Our homes, our ambitions, our desires, our possessions. Nothing wrong with any of those things until they become the shepherd of our souls. Until they become the thing that sets the agenda for us. Until they become the thing that says, uh, this, is, this is what it means. I must, I must follow what they're telling me. I must take hold of what they're putting into my life. It seems to me that people will allow almost anything to lead them apart from the creator of all things. And so we have to sometimes step back. And when we come to this psalm and we read these amazing verses, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. We have to ask ourselves a question today. Who's shepherding our lives? And I know that's an easy question because it should be Jesus. But I, I just want us to be you know, just uh, aware of that, just, just for us to think about that, just for us to even, even just maybe just a moment for a pause and say, 
who's shepherding my life here? Is it pleasure? Is it my desire to experience everything? Is, is that what's driving me? Is that what's leading me? Is that what's, is that what's deciding my choices in the world as I go through? Is it money? Is it my desire to accumulate possessions? Is it something else? Is it something that has created rather than the creator of life? That's a big question for a Sunday morning, isn't it? But the answer to it will very much decide the experience of our lives. Because David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I lack nothing. He said, I understand that I've taken hold. My, my path is determined not by my desires and not by the, the things that I can accumulate or not by the things that I hold to be dear, but my path is led by the shepherd of my soul, by the one who leads me in his ways. If we want to live in the peace and joy of God, we need to allow the creator of the world to shepherd us. What does that mean? Hey, that has implications for how we live this week, doesn't it? You know, it's amazing to sing and worship the Lord in church and to allow the presence of God to be so strong among us and you can just sense God's presence and we can respond to him and praise and it's a wonderful thing. But what does it mean tomorrow? The shepherd of my soul. That we can say, I lack nothing. That we can say with tenacity, Lord, I don't understand this, but Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm holding on to you for all that you've done for me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. It's good to remind ourselves today that our help comes from the Lord. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So when we talk about the shepherd, we're talking about the maker of heaven and earth. We're talking about the one who fills the world with his presence, the one who who reigns over the the galaxy, the one who speaks and life comes. So what does it mean to have the Lord as a shepherd in our lives? Firstly, it means his presence is always with us. His presence is always with us. The Lord is my shepherd. Isaiah 40 verse 11 says this, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Jesus comes to us. You know, the psalmist said, The Lord is my shepherd. He comes to be among us. It's his presence that becomes our strength and comfort. You know, we heard the testimony this morning. It's his presence that brings us to to that confidence that we have that he's with us to that confidence that we have that he's over us to that confidence that we have that he surrounds us and whatever we then enter into whatever we come to it's his presence that changes us the bible reveals a god who wants to be in relationship with us isn't that amazing he doesn't just want our worship he wants to be in relationship with us he wants to speak he wants us to listen he wants us to learn from him Deuteronomy 4 verse 7 says this, What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever he prays, whenever, sorry, we pray to him? This amazing concept that actually the thing that determines uh, the, the shepherd in our lives is his presence in our lives. And, you know, we see it clearly in the Bible right from the beginning through to the end that in uh, the Garden of Eden, the Lord would come and walk with Adam and Eve and sit with them and talk to them in the cool of the day. What an amazing picture. 
of intimacy, of the presence of God, of a shepherd coming among his people. We see it when Israel is led out of Egypt and a pillar of cloud appears by day and a pillar of fire appears by night and moves ahead of them to lead them. Wow. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Come on. We could all have like a bit of that, wouldn't we? Wouldn't it be great? Pillar of fire. Well, smoke alarm would go off, I guess, but... But just an amazing way. What it was it? It was the shepherd looking after his people saying, I'm with you. I, in the middle of this crisis of your life, e Israel, I want you to know I'm right before you. I'm right behind you. And when the, when the army of Egypt came against them, what happened was the pillar moved behind them and blocked off the enemy. Come on. I want you to know, friends, that sometimes the enemy's been coming for you and the Spirit of the Lord has gone behind you. Oh, come on, church. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord has gone behind you and the enemy's coming against you. You don't even know it, but the Spirit of the Lord's saying, No way. You're not coming close today. Because <laughs> your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour. And what happens is the Lord raises up a standard against him. Why? Because he's our shepherd. Because he's watching over us, he's looking for us. We see it in the incarnation, Jesus coming to earth, giving up the glory of heaven to walk among broken men and women, just so that they could come into the presence of God. And people were trapped, as soon as they heard about it, people traveled all over Galilee and Israel just to find this man and stand in his presence. And they said, we've never heard anybody speak like this. This must be the Son of God. The shepherd is among us. And then as Jesus left, he said, I will not leave you, but I will send the Holy Spirit to you. And so the Spirit of God came upon the people of God. Why? To shepherd us with his presence. So that we can walk with him. The presence of God is, is a key sign in our lives. Exodus thirty three fifteen. If your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us up. You know, sometimes people of God... In your prayer at the beginning of a day, the thing you really need to say is, Lord, let your presence go with me. Because you know everything else will work out if his presence is with you. I mean, I know theologically his presence is with you anyway. But it's your acknowledgement of him. Lord, come with me. I'm open to you. Lord, I want to see where you are today in the midst of my life. Because that's what changes things. That's what brings things into the world around us. Our prayer life It's not a recital of things to God. Our prayer life is a conversation with the one who sits with us and who strengthens us and who whispers to us. His presence in our lives means that we can hear his voice and be led by him. Jesus said in John chapter 10 when he talked about the good shepherd, when he's brought them out all all his own, when he's brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. Some of you this morning, the Lord is talking to you, telling you you need to be tenacious in your faith. Will you hear his voice? Will you listen to what the shepherd is saying? See, the shepherd comes because he, he speaks and the sheep respond to his voice. Awake, awake, O Zion. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says. One of the things that the Lord looks for in his sheep is sensitivity to his voice. 
My people know what I'm saying to them. Why? Because he comes among you. See, there's nothing worse than when you go to see someone, you're talking to them, and they're not listening. You ever been there? You go over, see them, and go, hi, how are you? And they're talking to that person there. It's difficult, isn't it? When you're talking to someone, and then somebody's talking to you from over here, and you're talking over here, and you're going, please, just listen to me. You know, sometimes I think the Holy Spirit is just sitting right beside, please, please listen to me. See, we think he's not talking, but he is talking. It's just we're not listening. Come, we know that's true, don't we? And I'm not saying we have to set aside 15 days to seek and fast and pray the Lord. I'm just saying maybe in the car on the way to work, we say, Lord, I'm listening to you today. Please speak to me. I want to know your prompting. I want to know that little conviction in my spirit. I want to hear what you have to say to me. We hear a voice saying, this is the way. It's not an audible voice. It's a prompting in our spirit. It's a thought in our mind. It's a conviction in our emotions. But we begin to understand that the Lord is leading us. And all of a sudden, his presence starts to manifest in us. The shepherd has come to be with us. I want you just to, to just rely, learn to rely. See, if the Lord is your shepherd, you have everything you need. And that means you have his presence with you wherever you go. And that's where you have to get tenacious. That's where you have to say, Lord, I don't see you right now, but I know you're here. So my role is to hear you, Lord. Because we don't fix our eyes on what is visible, but what is invisible. We are the people of faith. We are the people who who live our lives focused on what the Lord has revealed to us by his spirit and by his word, not just by what we see. We live by faith, not by sight. Hello? See, there's a little exercise for you this week, people of God. Start to look at your life by faith, not by sight. Bring what you see before him and say, Lord, this is what I see. Lord, show me what you see. Show me what is real about this. Show me what is eternally real about this situation. Show me, Lord, what you want to do in me. Friends, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the shepherd. His presence goes with us. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) His protection is over us. Hallelujah. Oh, you're excited this morning, aren't you, by the word? (laughs) Come on, has anybody ever experienced God's deliverance in the house? We've got some testimonies of grace, haven't we? We've got some deliverances. We've got some times when the enemy was coming in, growling at us, and all of a sudden, the devil made a way where there was, uh, the devil was seeking to try and ruin our lives, and God opened the door. And all of a sudden, things changed. By the way, when things change, let's say thank you, Jesus. You know, that's why this morning, when we give a time for open and thanks, praise to God, to lift up your voice. How many of you know you don't have to be prompted to lift up your voice to God? Honestly, we're all waiting to be prompted to give a a thanksgiving to God. Friends, give a thanksgiving to God. You know, you don't have to be prompted. You just have to allow the Spirit of God to just reach out. You just have to be grateful for what God's done. If God set you free, say thank you, Jesus. You know, you have to be kind of, I'm not telling you have to do that now, but I'm just saying in your life, be thankful. You know, sometimes we can just be, if we were just a bit more thankful, how many of you know your life would be better if we were just a bit more thankful? If we just started thanking for God for what we have and for what he's done, rather than for what we're worried about and what, what's not seeming to work out yet. All of a sudden, by the end of the day, we'd be a bit more happy. It's the word of the Lord to you this morning. <laughs> Come on. His protection over us. The sheep 
goes with him. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired man is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Listen, friends, you should not be surprised when people don't take the bullet for you. Come on. We get so offended. I tell you what, I've got a word in my spirit about offense. Honestly, people, we're living in a day when everybody gets offended by everybody. Listen, shake it off. Shake off the offense. I'm telling you now, in the spirit of God, shake off the offense and be free. Because we're always upset with what other people are not doing for us. Friends, do it yourself in Jesus' name. Put it in the Lord's hands and say, the Lord is my shepherd. David Ayling is not your shepherd. Jesus is. David Ellick is an under-shepherd, way down the chain. He does his best, friends, but he'll never be perfect. Ask the wife. She's going, yeah, it's true. It's true, really true. But friends, we get so offended. But listen, the hired man, how many of you know, you've been put in the place where you are, and your shepherd will protect you. He will. He's the good shepherd. He'll protect you. He's laid his life down for you already, so you don't have to take the hit. So everything that happens from here is a blessing. Come on. It's all about how you see it. It's all about how you live it. It's, you know, but honestly, there's an there's a, there's a attitude of the world which is ripe in the church, which is getting offended. And I'm just going to preach on it when I have to finish this series first, and then I'm going to give it you. Honestly, because I just think people get so offended so easily by other people, by all stuff that people are doing. Yeah. Somebody's getting offended by him shouting out. Somebody's getting offended. Listen. Listen, friends. We've got to deal with offense in our lives because actually it stops us from being, it removes us from the protection of the shepherd. Okay, let's move on. We see every sermon about shepherding has got to come out now, honestly, do you know what I mean? See, David had experienced the protection of the Lord in his own life when he stood against a giant who came out to tear his head off. And he said to him, you can't come against me with spear and sword and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Friends, some of us have got to stop throwing spears at the enemy and start to throw the name of the Lord against the enemy. Some of us just have to stand. That's what the Bible says. How many of you know, oh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get off on one now. Some of us are living in absolute captivity as the people of God because we are not doing what the Bible says. I'm sorry, we are. We are, we are depressed and dismal. And now, if you've got a condition, please don't get upset with me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person next to you, okay? I'm just saying, we're, we're talking, we, we need to come and understand that we're not doing the basic ABCs of what the Bible tells us, and then we're moaning because God's not doing deliverance. How many of you know, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, God won't listen? First and foremost in the word, Lord's Prayer, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Listen, if you're bitter and offended about someone, listen, you can, you can ask God all you want for deliverance, but he's saying, no, I need you to forgive. I need to teach you a lesson so you can then learn the lesson and live in freedom. But we want God to just make an exception for us. Hello? Anybody said that to God? Make an exception for me, Lord. The rich young ruler said it. Jesus said to him, go away and sell everything you. He put a harder thing in because he knew it was his idol. Okay. Honestly. We need to come against and say, you know what? I'm protected by the Lord. I tell you what, friends, you will never know. See, you will never know until you get to heaven 
the fights that God has won on your behalf. You will never understand the times when your disobedience led you within an inch of absolute disaster. And God stepped in and said, because he loves me, I will rescue him. Come on. See, we always want to talk, oh, but Lord, why is this happening? This is happening for who knows what reason. The more important thing is, is that my shepherd will protect me in it. My shepherd will watch over me. My shepherd will guide me. My shepherd will deliver me. Joseph came to understand this principle. Listen, sold into slavery, the favorite son, sold into slavery, wrongly accused of immorality, imprisoned for years in prison. Well, that's where you would be in prison, wouldn't it? Then lifted up to high position. And when restored to his family, the thing that he said to them was this. God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. Wow. He said, look, the shepherd of my life sent me here because he wanted to bring salvation, not just to me, but to my whole tribe. How many of you know he understood the protection of the shepherd? And so sometimes we have to look at our situation differently and say, Lord, Lord, you're protecting me here. It doesn't feel like it, but Lord, I'm, I'm sticking with you. I've got to finish. I've got another 15 points here. No, I haven't. <laughs> Thirdly, the shepherd provides for us. The shepherd provides for us. We're going to unpack some of this as we get in over the next few weeks. But, you know, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He declares that everything he needs is found in the provision of the shepherd who watches over him. I lack nothing. It comes out of that picture of contentment and rest, of being the sheep under the provision of the shepherd, of experiencing all that he has for me. And we see this principle lived out among the people of Israel. It says in Deuteronomy, During the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. I did this that you might know that I am the Lord your God. He fed them every day. He looked after them every day. Why? Because he was the shepherd to Israel. Jesus says to us in, in his Sermon on the Mount, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What is that, friends? It's provision. Because you're following the shepherd. Because you're walking after him. Because you're doing what he's called you to do. Paul expresses it as he writes to the Philippian church and asks them to give out of their poverty to the people who are in in, in dire straits in Jerusalem. He says to them, my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is that? That's provision, church. And you know, in our day and age when we have so much material provision, sometimes we, we take it for granted, but the Lord is still our shepherd, friends. And he will provide for us emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, in every way that he is able, he will meet our needs if we keep him as the shepherd of our lives. And he surrounds us, and he goes before us, and he comes behind us, and he provides everything that we need. David's not saying, I have everything I want. He's not saying, everything I want, I get, like a spoiled child. I was flicking on the TV this morning. God wasn't the God channel, it was one of the other channels. Sow your seed of £625 and God will meet your every need. I threw the remote at the television. 
It's not that the principle's not true. It's that it's trying to manipulate people into just trying to take hold of something else. Friends, they have everything they need already. They don't have to sow a seed to somebody to get a blessing from God. Come on. You sow a seed for his kingdom. You sow a seed to him. You say, Lord, in your name, I speak life and life results. Why? Because he's the king and he's the shepherd of our souls. And then finally this morning, the shepherd pursues us. I love this. Jesus told the parable of the lost sheep. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and wanders home and comes home. The shepherd pursues the lost. How many of us are here today because Jesus pursued us? Come on. We know it, don't we? We were lost friends. We were out of the kingdom. We were far away. We had nothing to offer him. I still remember where I was when Jesus found me. Friends, I've been brought up in church all my life. I'd sat through hundreds of sermons, most of them with dads. He was boring compared to me, I tell you now. (laughs) He was a great preacher, my dad, do you know what I mean? I just didn't appreciate quite how good he was. A bit like some of you. (laughs) But I, I remember... I remember just being where I was when my boss came in and said, Jesus is calling you to get right with him. And it's like the shepherd walked into my life and the light went on and my darkness disappeared. Because he loves us. And some of you are here this morning and he's pursuing you and you don't like it. Because you know what? He can find you anywhere. You don't have to be in church for the, the Lord to get you. I was in a dark room. Not a spiritual dark room, a physical dark room. And the Lord came. And his presence arrived and he said, come on, I have life in Jesus' name for you. And the shepherd of my soul chased me. And that's why I live for him. Because he gave himself for me. Because he's a God who pursues the lost. And some of you are in church this morning and you don't know why you're here, but maybe you can't go anywhere else because everywhere else has rejected you and you're here because the shepherd of your soul is pursuing you and he's putting in something into your spirit and saying to you, you know what, I'm ready to change your life if you'll respond to me. If you'll bow the knee to me, if you'll deal with me. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. What a promise from the Lord. Some of you are sitting in that place right now. I want you to know the Holy Spirit is pursuing you right now because the shepherd of your soul has come to lead you back to the flock, to bring you into his kingdom, to give you life and hope. I love the story of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, sorry, a tax collector, boo, a thief, someone who helped himself to the money, someone who was so small he had a chip on his shoulder, he was hiding in a tree trying to see Jesus without being seen and Jesus stops under his branch and says, Zacchaeus, come down and he doesn't say to him, let me tell you what a bad lad you are. He says to him, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house for dinner. Isn't that great? I might do that when I come off the platform today. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he invited himself in and, and, and went home with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was going home. Can you imagine it? You're going home with Jesus and you're thinking, oh, I hope she's cleaned the house. <laughs> I hope she's put the piles of money away that I took off those poor people yesterday. That's what he was thinking. Just the presence of the shepherd changed his life. And over lunch he said, Lord, half of what I now own I give to the poor. And if I've, that's the half he's given away. The half he's keeping, he says, if I've cheated anybody out of this, they can have it back four times. Man, that's conviction, isn't it? Not just I'll pay them back, I'll pay them back four times. Shows you how much money he'd made. He wasn't socially acceptable. How many friends? But Jesus was pursuing him. Friends, we're here today because Jesus pursued us. We're not here because we're good. We're not here because we're lovely. We're not here because we're the cream of the crop, are we? We're here because actually Jesus came and showed himself to us. And in his grace, we understood that we needed a savior. And he redeemed us. And he made us the people of God. And so we can say today, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Friends, the Spirit of God is at work here this morning. God wants to dig deep into your life today. Just as I started to prepare this message this week, I just felt an unusual power upon it to set people free. Who's your shepherd today? There's some people in here and pleasure are shepherding your life and you think it's going to lead you to life, but friends, it's leading to death. Some people here are money. It's dominating your agenda, what you can get, what you can own. Friends, you'll never serve God on money. You have to lay it down. You have to decide what's going to bring you to life. Some people here and things, created things, have taken the place of the creator in your life. Friends, He is the shepherd of your soul. I wonder, can you put the picture up, please? Right at the beginning. The shepherd wants to carry some of you home today. On his shoulders. He wants you to carry you back into the flock. He wants to redeem your life from the pit and crown you with love and compassion. Oh, I'd love to make it easy for your friends. But Jesus comes and he lifts you up. He says, come home. Let's pray. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. We're going to do two things just before we close. First of all, maybe if you're not a Christian here today, maybe Jesus is pursuing you even now, just as we stand here in this room, just as we sit here. If you want to know the love and the grace of the shepherd today, I just want you to stand. It's a confession. The Lord is my shepherd. This is for salvation now. We're going to respond for other things in just a moment. But if you need to be saved this morning, if you need to give your life to Christ 
if you want the shepherd to come and lead you so that you will lack nothing, then I just want you to just stand. It's a confession. I know it's confessing before people. You might worry about what people, but listen, it's not about them. This is between you and your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And it's a declaration. Lord, you are my shepherd. I will lack nothing now because you're in my life. I surrender my life to you. If that's you this morning, just stand, please, quickly before we go forward. Is there anybody? Thank you. Thank you. That's fantastic. It's amazing. And the Lord's going to watch over you. I want to bless you today. Father, Lord, those who respond to your word, Lord, just set them free right now. Come and be the shepherd of their lives. Lord, I ask you to bless them. I ask you to meet with them. I ask you to, Lord, lead them in life today because of your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Please be seated. I'd love to pray with you after the meeting. Just come and find me at the front. We'll make time for that. But I want to talk to the church this morning. I really feel some of you need to make this declaration afresh in your heart. Afresh in your heart. The Lord is my shepherd. Some of you, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to change what's leading your life. It's a big step. But the truth is, if the Lord is going to be a shepherd, you can't have two masters. You know that. Maybe you're going to have to reorganize some things. You're going to have to make some adjustments in your priorities because you're going to have to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. Some of you have been fearful of putting God first in some of the situations of your life. And God says, no, he, he will still, you'll lack nothing. You don't lose by serving Jesus. You don't lose by following him. Some of you are in a place where you need to see. And so maybe that's the presence of God. That's how I wanted to do this. You you just need the presence of God fresh in your life. And so it's a confession. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I have his presence in my life. Second, it's protection. There's some situations in your life and you're saying, God, I need you to protect me over this. It could be a physical condition. It could be a family situation. It could be something at work, something that's coming against you. And I believe you want to, it's a confession of faith to the Lord. Lord, you are my shepherd. I lack nothing. And so I stand today just to say, God, I trust you in this. I'm going to trust you in this shepherd, shepherd of my soul. I'm going to hold on to you because you're going to bring me through this. And some of you are needing provision from the Lord this morning. And it's a statement of faith. Lord, I lack nothing. Lord, because you are with me. Lord, as you provide for me, Lord, I'm going to live in confidence, Lord, in this situation. So this morning, just before we close, it's just a confession moment. It's not, I'm going to pray everybody. I'm not going to do any of that. I'll pray with people afterwards if you want something specific for sure. But just right now, it's a moment of confession. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. If you need to confess that for yourself this morning, it's not for me, but it's for you. And please just stand and, as, a, as a symbol of that confession, just with me right now. Is there anybody? It's a confession you're making. Come on. It's about a tenacious spirit. We heard about it today. I'm coming before the shepherd of my soul. This is, this is me and God. God, Lord, I stand today. The Lord is my shepherd. I, sh- I lack nothing because you're with me, Lord. And so we stand, Lord, and we declare your goodness. Lord, in the land of the living, Lord, we declare that you are our shepherd, Lord. And Lord, over my brothers and sisters' lives, Lord, I, Lord, pronounce, Lord, them safe in your keeping, Lord. Lord, where, Lord, there needs protection, Lord, I pray for your presence to come. Lord, Lord, would you just come, Lord, even now, Lord, Lord, you are releasing angelic hosts, Lord, to deal with some of these situations, Lord. Lord, as Daniel teaches us, Lord. 
Lord, that you're sending people in response to the prayers of your people. And so, shepherd of our souls, release, Lord, Lord, your protection of your people. Lord, for those who, Lord, need provision, Lord, healing, Lord, life, Lord, encouragement, Lord, would you come and rest upon them? Lord, for those who are just crying out for your presence to fill their lives, Lord, would you just come and Holy Spirit begin to speak, to lead them, to prompt them, Lord, to give them ears to hear what you have to say to us. Lord, we thank you for your word to us this morning. Thank you for its simplicity. Thank you for your powerful presence, Lord, that confirms it, Lord, by your spirit, witnessing to our spirits, Lord, that you're here. And Lord, we commit our lives to you, seek to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen.